Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I had a dream one day because God speaks to me through my dreams. And I had a dream. It's kind of embarrassing. He showed me who I was through the dream. It was this beautiful, big wedding. I'm talking about I invited everybody from everywhere. It was in the biggest church. I had this long dress. And I was like, woo, you know, I'm getting married. And at the last minute, my friend in a dream was like, where's the groom? <laughs> she was like, she was like, how you invite everybody to this wedding? You ain't even got a groom. And I was like, oh, yeah. I was like, I got to get a groom. And I was like going, I was going all around the, and trying to find who, who I could get. And then I found this man. <laughs> Who, by the way, at the time I was talking to him, I was talking to him at that time, but I found this man, he wasn't even dressed in uh, wedding clothes. He was dressed in like guest clothes, you know, to come to the wedding. And I was like, you're going to be the groom. You're going to be the groom. And he was like, but I'm not, and the dream ended. He said, I'm not even dressed in wedding, uh, groom clothes. Like, what do you mean? And then I woke up and I was like, dang, that's me. I'm insert groom. Because it's really about the wedding, <laughs> you know? I never imagined my public healing would inspire others to heal across the world. I thank you for using him to reach the world with the message of hope in relationships. But your life does not... God, you are my publicist. We laugh. <laughs> we share the unadulterated truth. He said, not only have I not divorced you, I ain't exposed you. Oh. We didn't marry fans, we married forever. And we wanted forever to act like a fan. Reveal her, Jesus. I will not compromise Mm-mm. on getting a woman to God. You don't have to. And Father, I declare for his future wifey. Thank you for preserving her. This season, I declare miracles and manifestations. See, you selling scripts. And you're unique. You ain't like nobody else. I I noticed that right away. You being true to who you are, you're going to attract. It's a Hebrew word, chayil, and it was translated wealth. And it means people. It means men. It means resources. And it means means. I'm Lataris R. Whitfield, and this is the Dear Future Wifey Podcast. Welcome to the Dear Future Wifey Podcast. I'm your host, Lataris R. Whitfield. Man, season six is off to a great start. Uh, I hope y'all found so much value in last week's episode. (sighs) Listen, are you still shacking up with us? Come on, man. If you're still shacking up with us, go and hit that subscription button and subscribe. Make sure you turn on your notification bell so you'll be notified about, you know, these upcoming episodes. Uh, We're believing God to do some miraculous things in your life, things that you've been planning and praying and asking and seeking God for. Uh, I pray that God brings it to pass in these next 21 episodes. I don't know, it may be 21. I normally do 21, uh, but I'm just going to let God guide me on this season. May end up being more than that, but uh, I just pray God releases some things in your life. Well, this is the last day of National Adoption Awareness Month, and y'all know that is a a passion of mine, Um, and I want to make sure that uh, you guys 
Well, I'm going to be releasing more content to make you more aware of what happens in the foster care system, as well as the adoption system and uh, Kingdom Royale. A lot of y'all been reaching out to me, asking for updates about Kingdom Royale. Uh, a lot of y'all been donating. Uh, I want to encourage y'all to make a donation today to Kingdom Royale in honor of National Adoption Awareness Month. And um, God's just amazing. I'm in awe with how God does his thing. And I don't believe it's just by happenstance that today's guest is on the podcast during National Adoption Awareness Month, as well as this season being uh, affectionately titled Miracles and Manifestations, because she was supposed to be on last season and uh, things happened last month. And so now she is available to be on this season. It's not by happenstance. So welcome to the Dear Future Wifey podcast. My new homie, Angelica Wandu. What's up, y'all? I'm happy to be here. Angelica, Angelica, Angelica. Mm -hmm. You know, you've been watching the Dear Future Wifey podcast, and uh, I didn't know you was watching it. What what first brought it to your attention? Well, I, I'm look. I, I want a husband. I want to get married. You know. <laughs> so, so you think we I, out here giving out husbands on the Dear Future Wifey podcast? <laughs> no, but I wanted to. I, I just wanted to, you know, watch a relationship podcast that could help me, you know, get better and become better to be a future wife. You know mm. what I mean? So you, so it was called Dear Future Wifey. So I'm like, okay, let me watch this. And like some of the conversations were really fruitful. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it was, it was one of those podcasts that I definitely watched to just understand the male perspective or, you know, relationships and, and in a godly way. Cause that's what I want. I want a God centered marriage. You know Good. what I mean? So of course I watched that. Of course I watched the podcast. So how long have you been watching Dear Future Wifey? When did oh, it first come to your know. attention? I don't know. Maybe like a year ago. Hmm. Yeah. I always say it's, it's quite like you never know who's catching wind of the content. And mm -hmm. um, I've been like, to much of my surprise, different people that have been watching the podcast, different celebrities, and they'll DM me and mm -hmm. be like, hey, uh, I love this episode. They'll share it and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And so it, it really shocked me that the owner of the Shade Room <laughs> Is watching the Dear Future Wifey podcast, and then you ended up on the shade room with the wig, <laughs> with the wig video. So, <laughs> and I didn't do that. They they picked it up. Just they naturally. picked it up and naturally posted on there, and so that was real cool. Yeah. Um, so people, you're kind of behind the scenes. Would you say that? Yeah, for sure. A lot of people don't even know that you are actually the owner of the shade room. Why yeah. is that by design? I've always been a person that was behind the scenes. Like, I don't seek fame or being in a... Not, not that everybody who's in front of the scenes seeks fame. I just I just am a low-key person, so I'm behind the scenes, and I just want the brand to kind of speak, you know, or every, anything that I'm doing to speak instead of me. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Well, what I found interesting... Um, now, this is how I began to see you. It was... Um, Teray Roberts was on my podcast... Mm -hmm. And um, he has spoke a prophetic word over my life. And then um, he was telling me, hey, if you ever come to L.A., let me know you're here. We can set you up and you can interview different celebrities and whatnot. And so I was doing some research to see what his church looks like and see if they had LED walls and all that, just trying to see the layout of the church. And I watched an interview that you and Stephanie E.K. did um, about his book, Balance. Mm -hmm. And you dropped the gem that, like, struck me so hard and I was like who is this woman like who is this woman the gem you dropped where you talked about the symbolism about the praying mantis mm. what did you find out about the praying mantis 
Yeah, so it was during a period of my life. That season was during a period of my life where I was just um, wanting to move, move, move. Because when you're in this industry and when you're building a media company, everybody is moving fast. That's what they tell you. Move fast, build fast, do this, hustle, hustle hard. And I remember um, one of those days that I almost had a breakdown because I was trying to force God to to move in the way. Because, you know, I got a... I got a vision of what God had for me. Yeah. So I was trying to, you know, when you get a vision, you know how God works. He'll, you know, you get that vision and then everything starts. You're like, what's happening? <laughs> it seemed like you moving backwards from the vision. So I was in this moment where I was just every morning, God, what is it? What is it? What is it? How do I get to the next level? And I remember there was this praying mantis that landed on my window. And I, I saw it. It was so beautiful. It was green. It was beautiful. And um, and it was there all day and I was like what it's just sitting still all day and um God I felt it in my spirit God was like go research the praying mantis and when I researched it first of all the name praying mantis Mm -hmm. right mantis means prophet and so it's literally like praying prophet right Mm -hmm. but also I researched the nature of the praying mantis and the praying mantis is very still. And it actually is called a praying mantis because its hand is in the prayer position. So it's very still. And it stays still until, you know, it prays on its, um, you know, food. And it's still, still, still until finally it it goes after the food. And when it goes after the food, it has such great precision. It's like it's it because it's still it when it when it finally goes, it really targets it and, and hits it. And it has one of the most precise, you accuracy know what I mean? Rates. Accuracy rates. And I was like, oh, that's the, I was like, that God is telling me something, right? Mm. I was like, he and the funny thing is the next day another praying mantis came and I was like, This is not by this is by design, yes. you know? And he was telling me still sit still because sometimes you just want to move, move, move. And sometimes the real thing that you need to do is sit still in the presence of God and just pray. And, and, and when it's time to go, you'll have everything you need because God will talk to you. He will download the things that you need to know. He will put situations in place, opportunities, people, so that when it's time to go, you hit with precision. Yes. You know what I mean? You know what? Um, speed, speed is overrated is what, is what, he she showed me hustle sometimes is overrated. Mm, why is it overrated, Angelica? Because listen, if you know God, you know that sometimes you cannot hustle enough to match his favor. You get what I'm saying? Like that's just the truth. Like I've seen people hustle all day all day and God will move something in my favor and you know I, I I'm like I didn't even put that much work in. Like I worked, but I didn't I didn't work enough Talk to where it. I didn't work enough to where I could take credit for what happened. Ooh. You get what I'm saying? Oh so, yes, oh so. yes, oh yes. So that's oh, what yes. I mean, hustle is overrated. Did you know that the Dear Future Wifey podcast is number 1 in Jamaica? But guess what? We are going to go to Montego Bay, May the 4th through the 7th. We have teamed up with I Can't Wait to Travel. And we've put together this beautiful event. We've curated this amazing excursion. Uh, Let me me just be honest with y'all real quick. I don't take vacations. I haven't taken a vacation in four years. Pretty sad. Listen, don't feel sorry for me. 
Because when I'm out there in Mo Bay, we're going to have some fun. So you got to say Mo Bay to make it seem like you know what you're talking about. You know what I'm saying? You got to say Mo Bay. So we're going to be in Mo Bay having a great time. We're going to have great excursions. We're going to do a live podcast recording. You know what? Let me just put this in the atmosphere. Because this season is about miracles and manifestations. It's my goal to interview the prime minister and his wife on the Dear Future Wifey podcast. Now, how awesome would that be? Yeah, yeah. So if y'all know somebody that knows somebody that knows somebody, let them know that I want him to be on the podcast. It's only $100 to reserve your spot. So go ahead and reserve your spot so they don't fill up and you're watching us on the gram wishing that you were there. Go to ICan'tWaitToTravel.com. That's ICWTT.com. ICWTT.com. Click under Group Travel and you'll see us as the first getaway in the month of May. Join us at Mobay, May the 4th through the 7th. Listen, I can't wait to see you there. We're going to have an amazing time. Yeah. When you talked about that, it really gave reference and context to how we should move as believers. Uh, and especially when we're talking about these dating streets, you know, we can mm-hmm. get very anxious. We see somebody and we'll be like, that's my wife. That's my husband. Mm-hmm. And you just start just moving it. Oh, that's my, that's my wife right there. Oh, well, that's my husband right mm-hmm. there. And you done had about eight husbands and eight wives in the same month. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Because you haven't really been prayed up with precision to articulate or write down or journal exactly mm-hmm. those things that you desire. Mm-hmm. And so with um, the Dear Future Wifey podcast, that's what I did is I literally started writing letters to my future wifey in this beautiful box here. And that's the precision. And I sit there and I go, okay, God, who is she? What should she sound like? How should she move? What is, uh, what is, what is her purpose? Is it aligned with me? And, uh, and when I strike, I'm gonna strike. Mm-hmm. When you look at your love life, um, I'm gonna call this episode. I'm gonna play off of the shade room. I'm gonna call it no shade and love, mm-hmm. <laughs> no shade and love. And so when you look at, this purpose partner that you desire. Uh, well, let me, first of all, let me just ask you that. Is it important to have a purpose partner? Absolutely. Absolutely. At least for me, it is. Because I always yeah. think it's a difference between just a husband or a wife and a purpose partner. And so as I've been going on this journey, I've uh, zeroed in on the, the concept. I want a purpose partner. So when you hear a purpose partner, what does that mean to you? Well, I, I think God does everything with purpose. You know what I mean? I, I look at his creation and everything, and everything just has a purpose, right? So I don't think that he will bring a marriage together for no reason. I don't think he <laughs> brings marriage together just so we could cuddle and post <laughs> pictures on the gram and go on trips. You know what I mean? I feel like if he's like, I'm gonna bring y'all together, it's to it's to you know advance the kingdom in some way, yes. right? So for me, I want a purpose partner because I feel like that is you know how we're gonna really. I want someone who's going to, we can, our marriage will be an example for other people um, on how God works. Mm. You know what I mean? What God looks like and and what love is yes. for real. You know what I mean? Because, you know, marriage is not all flowers. Sometimes it really takes sacrifice, compromise, all of these things. And so I just want to be a beam of light with my marriage to people to inspire them to not only want to do it God's way, but also to see what true love is like, you know, have you, have you always wanted to be married? 
Like, were you one of those girls growing up that was like, I, I can't wait to get married. I'm going to be married at 25 years old. Uh, I'm going to make sure I'm married before the age of 30. Were you one of those type of girls? Listen, I planned out my marriage. I planned out my wedding. <laughs> I, I I was like, I'm going to be married by 25. Um, I'm going to be an accountant living in a condo in Marina del Rey. I, I had planned. When I say I planned my life out so to the T. At what age did you do that? What? Probably when I was like sixteen. So you have to understand, like we got to take it back to why. Yeah. Because I because I got to tell y'all the truth, right? So let's take it back to why marriage was so important to me. When I I didn't have a father in my life, right? right. So when I was six, I, my father. I lost uh, my mother to domestic violence at the hands of my father. And then I grew up in foster care. Right. Right. So I never had this like male father figure in my life, you know? And so I really craved a, a male, a male presence. Right. And so when I was younger, I would go, you know, I would, I would um, get in these relationships. Like I was, trying to get that male attention because I felt like that would validate me. You know, I grew up the chubby girl. I grew up, you know, beating up all the boys because they would tease me, you know, <laughs> when I was in school. So for me, I always thought, oh, I want a husband, but it was for all of the wrong reasons. It was like, I want a husband because I feel like a husband is going to make me feel worthy. You know mm. what I mean? And mm. I remember my cousin, who I love, he, he, I love my cousin, but I remember, you know, when I was younger, I was more of an outspoken type of girl. You know, I would, I would, I would have challenging conversations, and he didn't want that. He was, <laughs> he was a Nigerian man. He was like, he just, he, he felt women should just be, be quiet. quiet. Yeah. You know what I mean? But and he thought he was a scientist, doctor, physician. I mean, I mean everything. You know, so I would challenge him on certain things, and uh, and he, and I remember he told me, and this, and this is why you got to watch what you say to children. But it stayed with me for, and and not only did it stay with me, but it caused so much damage. Mm. When he told me, he said, "No man is 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 gonna ever want to marry you. You ain't gonna never be a wife with that with that mouth, you know." And um and so because of that, deep inside, I was like, "Oh, I gotta prove to him. I gotta prove to the people that bullied me. Yeah. I gotta prove to everybody that I'm a I'm worthy because a man is gonna choose me to be his wife." And that to me was like the the end all be all. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was yeah. going to heal my low self esteem. It was going to heal my past. And so that was where I was sitting in for a long time. You when, know what when, I mean? when did that, when did you revisit that moment and began to uh, excavate that pain to get healed from it? When, you know what? It was, it was, uh, it was a long process. So it was in college when I went buck wild. You know what I mean? I was... You was in them streets in Georgia? I was in them streets. <laughs> Listen, not only was I in them streets, I, like, I was in streets people don't normally go in. I was, you know, I was... You're down the, dark roads. Listen, I was in the swinger scene. I, when I tell y'all, I went wild. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and it was really because I wanted... I used sex at that time to to get men hooked i was going to do whatever it took you know what i'm saying yeah. and and not having a father in my life they that's what men showed me they wanted of course so i didn't know how to relate to men in any other way other than sexual because that i, I never learned what a healthy relationship with a man was yeah. my first real you know Example of that was a man that I met who wanted to have sex. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I went through that period and 
I got delivered from that period. <laughs> and then the next period was I became successful. I started, you know, having a business. And then I started putting my worth in money and achievements. So, I, like, you know, I would meet men and I'd be like, well, I'm successful. You know, what you bring to that? <laughs> I'm successful. I'm this, I'm that. And, um, and then I started dealing with men who were going after that. They wanted money they want you know yeah. what i mean and so i was a sugar mama i hate to say that <laughs> i hate to say that because it's so bad and honestly it wasn't like me just giving money out i would do business with men yeah and, you know let them take advantage of me in business and not say nothing because i wanted the love yeah you know what i mean and so it got to a place where i was like this has to stop this cycle of you know of me belittling myself yes. to get male attention has to stop. And so I went to therapy and I went to, I, I had cognitive behavioral therapy along with a lot of prayer. Good. And I was able to pull back and say, why do I really want to get married? Because God would be blessing me, but he didn't bless me with a husband at that time. And I would literally wake up every morning this is how obsessed i was i would wake up every morning crying like god why you ain't sitting my husband <laughs> and you know what the crazy thing is you know how god is like a father yes i placed i would i would see the similarities in god and my cousin because my cousin said i would never get married i wasn't worthy enough to be married That's so good. i would be like oh god you didn't see me a husband because you don't feel like i'm worthy enough That's good That's you don't good. feel like you don't feel like i'm worthy enough to be a wife and it, and so those feelings I felt, the resentment I felt for my cousin would parallel to God. You know what I mean? And that's why it was so deep for me, mm. you know? Um, but God was like, nah, you want to get married for all the wrong reasons. You want to get married so you could post that engagement video on Instagram. That's the real reason why you, because you, you see all the girls posting the engagement video. You're like, oh, it's going to be my turn. And when it's my turn, I'm going to start, you know? You're going to tell them how to propose to you. No, you got to propose me like this, like that. Exactly. That's really, if hey, I know I sound crazy, but that's the truth. Yeah. And I know it's other women like that. Oh, of course. Where I, you, I, I you talk to them get, all the time. That say that they want to get married. They say they want to get married, that it's a sign of achievement. Um, mm -hmm. and, and that's why I say that we have to, and what I don't like mm -hmm. is that a lot of men use that to weaponize against women. And mm -hmm. they'll meet a woman early on and be like, you my wife. But they'll use it as a form of manipulation. Yeah. And um, and so I always say, gosh, that's so wrong for you to dangle this carrot over a woman's head yeah. and make her perform, make her chase, make her jump through hoops, make mm -hmm. her deal with toxic behavior mm -hmm. uh, in order to get this quote unquote prize. But you never even was going to give it to her anyway. You just hit it behind your back yeah. the whole time. Yeah. And so um, but I understand because society puts such emphasis on marriage. They put they put too much emphasis on marriage. Mm -hmm. And uh, or I even say this, they put so much emphasis on a wedding versus a marriage. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of uh a lot of things are geared towards that day and not how you're going to spend life with each other. And that's why I had to tap into the true meaning of marriage and say it's purpose because I've, as I've said several times on my podcast, I've divorced a wife before, but I have never divorced my purpose. And so I want a purpose partner. So that's how I believe I'll get till till death do we part is because we'll be tied and we'll be tethered to the purpose in each other's hearts and we'll continue to just go through life fulfilling that purpose and honoring God in that and that's what makes a marriage not get boring mm -hmm. because people get go to this stalemate in marriage where they just like oh well we just we grew apart how can you grow apart if y'all are, are y'all if y'all are consistently fulfilling purpose with each other you can't grow apart in that because y'all are tethered in purpose um one of the things that were was interesting that i began to know about you is how you came into the faith be, because originally you wasn't a believer was you 
No, in fact, I was more than not a believer. I <laughs> okay, when I was in college, um I had a boyfriend, he was a hotep. Uh you know, he he studied chemistry and um and he had all these facts about how Jesus was like a, a white, a slave Jesus. You know, you know what I mean? Like all, all those types of things. And he had my mind gone. And I was actually, I went to a Jesuit college and I would go to everybody and be like, you know, I was one of those people that were like, uh, well, the Bible, you know, who was it written by? You know what I mean? Like I was one of those, like I was going hard against Jesus. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And um, so for years, I, I believed in God. I was agnostic. I always believed in God because I knew from my life story, I knew somebody was yeah. behind the scenes pulling something. Yeah. But I, Jesus was somebody I just could not connect to. Yeah. Not for real, you know? Um, and so I, uh, it wasn't until after I started the shade room, right? So, but I would pray to God. Like I said, I would pray to God, but it wasn't until after I started the shade room, my, you would think that me reaching success, cause it was like, you know, I was, I was 23 when I started the shade room by 25, I was on Forbes 30 under 30. So it was like, I was, I was, I was a young girl getting, you know, success. You would think I'll be happy. I didn't know you was that young when you created it at 23. I was 23. Fresh out of college. A couple years out of college. Yeah. Struggling, because I had that part, because you were struggling. I was struggling. I was unemployed at the time. Didn't was, know how you was going to pay your rent. Didn't know how I was going to pay my rent. Um, and I would pray to God, you know what I mean, and be like, help me, you know? Um, <laughs> but but it was after, the because I saw the influence of it, I started to think, like, oh, no, I need I need something. I need something. You really see? So that, that's interesting that you said that, because normally that's not the trajectory. After you've ex uh achieved a certain level of success, I did it. I I am my own God. Mm -hmm. I was able to create something as powerful as this by myself. Why why would I need God at this point? Because my 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 peace was gone. My my life was in a wreck, I'm telling you. Not not outside, not by financial financially, but I could not I, I was depressed. Like I, I was so depressed. My life was just spiraling. And I was like, you know, especially being in this industry, I was like, I need something. I didn't know what I needed. I just knew I had a big void, you know, and, you know, people say it all the time. Money don't make you happy. And people be like, well, okay, well then, you know, that pe the people with money always say that. No, I'm telling you, our, we were not designed to be fulfilled by paper. Talk about it. We were not designed to be fulfilled by cars, houses. Talk about it. That That's not how you, our souls are not designed to be fulfilled by that. Exactly. And so I wasn't. And I ended up going to this um, therapist and her name is Mrs. Amazon. Shout out to Mrs. Amazon. I don't know where she is now in the world. <laughs> don't ask me for her info because I ain't got it. But hopefully she sees this. But um, she she was a, a beautiful Christian woman and she loved Jesus. I remember that. And my sister was like, you need to go to her. And I was like, okay. And I remember. Which sister? Because you got about 30 of them. So which one? Clara. Okay, <laughs> my sister Clara. Clara. She, was, right. she, she was like, you need to go to her. So I went to her and I remember one of the first conversations. I was real strict with her. I said, look, I know you believe in Jesus and all that. I was like, but don't come to me with that Jesus stuff. Like, I ain't trying to hear all that. I just want some real therapy. You know, like, we ain't going to talk about all that Christian stuff. Right. And um, and she was like, okay. She was like, but Jesus is all over me. So she was like, you're going to get a little bit of him with me. She said, I ain't gonna force it down your throat but you know i can't promise you that you ain't gonna get some jesus because that's just who who i am Talk you know what i mean it. he's all in me and i was like okay you know 
And um, and then she started, we started doing therapy. And here's the thing. She didn't force Jesus down my throat. She didn't. She didn't even have to mention Jesus. Mm. It was in her demeanor. It was in the light that, like, when I was, I was darkness at that time. Because I told you, I was, I was popping my leaves. I was in a swinger scene. Yeah. I was messing with the girls but yeah, you know, I was, yeah. I was I, when I say I was wow I was yeah. doing it all and um and so I would come in and I would leave him I would be like wow I feel so much lighter because she just it exuded from her and I said and I remember one day I was like I want to be with on whatever she's on mm. I was like what whoever she serves I need to serve that same person you know what I mean I said because you know, I'm looking at my life and, and her and she has this, you could feel light from people, you know. And so um, I remember one day I came in, you know, this was after months and months of, of therapy. I came in and I said, you know, I was like, I, I, tell me more about that Jesus that you that you serve. Mm. I was like, I want to know him. And she, I remember she said she prayed for me. And when she prayed for me, I started I broke down crying because I could feel well, I didn't know then, but it was the spirit. Yeah. You know what I mean? I then I didn't know what I was feeling, but yeah. it was the spirit. And um and she prayed for me and she said something. And I say that I, I say the prayer to others because it was so powerful for me. She said, I pray that you experience Jesus in a way that you can never ever doubt him. And I said, "Woo, mm. okay." I said, I, "I second that prayer." Yes. But the important thing was, it didn't take me. Um, it didn't take. It didn't happen the next day. Of course not. It's, it it's did a process. It. I thought it was supposed to. No, it's a process. It was three months. It was three months, and I remember I would wake up and be like, "This lady, you know what I mean?" I'm like, <laughs> "Okay, this prayer, okay, okay, Jesus." You know, I would be like, "Okay," you know, but I still would pray because I wanted it so bad. Yes. I'm like, whatever she had, I want that. And I would pray and pray. And then three months later, when I tell you Jesus presented himself in my life, it was so, I mean, visions, drink. He started speaking to me. I mean, things things started happening. And I was like, hey, ain't no way. No hotep can come to me you know, again <laughs> about this and that. You know what I mean? Ain't no way that I can't believe in Jesus. You know what I mean? Like, it was my whole life just... He shipwrecked it and just turned it around. And I was like, oh, yeah, Jesus is real for sure. Yeah. So to team up with a godly man, how how essential, how important is that? It's so important for me because I tried to team up with men that weren't godly. How did that know? work out for you? They don't understand the core of me. You know what I'm saying? They don't understand the core of me. And also... I need someone who can be led by Jesus, led by God. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I need that because I need a man that can submit to his authority because God is so over my life and my purpose that I can't, I can't mix with someone who is not guided by my same guide. You know what I mean? And that's the only way I feel I can truly trust a man is if he submitted. You know what I mean? I can trust him with my heart. I can trust him to spearhead our marriage, you know, in a way that, that I believe in, you know what I mean? I could trust him with the raising of our kids, you know, um, with the purpose and the decisions. And because I know he submitted to Jesus and I trust Jesus with my life. You know what I'm saying? So that's why it's so important to me. I definitely have to have that. So what, what about that encounter that you had three months into your walk with, with, with Christ that gave you that experience where he began to be undeniable in your life? What, what was it? 
So one of the first things that happened was I I had a uh, I had a girlfriend at the time. <laughs> I was dealing with this. With, so look, let me tell y'all. Listen, I'm gonna keep it all the way real. We keep um, it lit. We keep so, it lit here. So what happened was when I was younger, one of my first sexual experiences was with a girl. I was molested. I, I was in foster care, so there was a lot of girls who were molested that would then molest other right. girls. So it wasn't that I was actually bisexual. It was that that was just what was introduced to me at a very young age. Right. And so um, even when I was older, I wanted to kind of experiment. And so I found this chick on on Backpage, y'all. Look, hey, I got to keep it real. See, I think you're talking about this publicly. We talked about this privately, but I think you're just sharing this publicly. I don't care. Come I mean, because listen, I'm a different person now, but also I don't care. Like, you I can't, love it. You can't hold my past against me. Plus, she out there somewhere. So if she want to ever come out, <laughs> look, I already came out before she came out. <laughs> but uh, but no, but she, uh, yeah, she, you know, we got into the situation. It was supposed to be like a, just a, a little quick situation. And then she started blackmailing me. She found out, she found out I had to shave him. <laughs> And then she was like, "Oh, oh, girl, I'm about to. You gonna pay my rent? You go, yeah." You know. So I was in this 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 situation. I, I felt I could not get myself out of. And I remember one day I was at her Airbnb that I paid for, and um, <laughs> and then I went to go to the bathroom, and I got a vision. And this was my first experience ever getting a vision. I got a vision, and it it, it was like of a future scene in my life. Mm. That was going to happen. And something about the way God showed me what he saw me as, I ran about that place. I, I got my stuff and I was like, I'm out of here. Peace. And that was the last time I spoke to her. I was like, I got to change my life up. This is not how I need to be doing this, you know? And it was that. And then it was something else. And it was something else. And then it was dreams. And then he started speaking to me. And then I was like, oh, this has to be the Jesus that I was praying to meet, you know? And then over time, I just got to really know him so intimately. Like I, I walk with God, you know what I mean? Like for sure. What I thought was so dope when you told me that story uh, previously is that you were so afraid that she was going to quote unquote ruin you. And then the minute that you, God showed you that and you said, nah, I'm finna, I'm finna go on about my business. She just, she never did resurface. She never tried to use it against you. And just like, God just covered that thing. Yeah, because I remember talking to my therapist. I'm like, I was showing her videos. The girl was sitting me crying. I'm like, I'm going to get you. <laughs> I was like, this girl was crazy. I'm telling you. And I was scared. And you know you know what she said? She said, so how She said, so how you think God going to let her ruin you if, if you know that you need to switch up your life and he's, t- he's calling you somewhere else? And I was like, you're right. And I just walked boldly in that and she disappeared. When I tell you. Yeah. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, what would you do if you had an extra hour in your day? Would you take up a new hobby, catch up on some sleep, complete reading the book you've never had time to finish, but always promised that you would? Did you know the best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is by knowing what's important to you and making it a priority? Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. I could not become the person I am today without therapy, to be honest with you. My vulnerability and transparency were cultivated in therapy, and it served as a foundation in which the beloved Dear Future Wifey podcast was built. Now, as you know, relationships of all kinds are important to me. Therapy helps with learning positive coping skills, managing expectations of myself and others, and most importantly, establishing healthy boundaries. Ooh, boy, life is stressful, ain't it? 
Now, therapy is a safe space to recalibrate and recenter. Now, can I be transparent with you? Since the inception of this podcast, I've always wanted to do this right here for better help. Why? Because so many of you reach out to me seeking referrals for therapy services after each episode. My heart has been overwhelmed by the outpouring of you desiring help to show up better in life. And guess what? I believe the world is a better place with better help. It's entirely online, too. Designed to fit your schedule. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Wifey today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Wifey. How can you evolve to the state of mind you openly confess your faults? Healing. Imagine a life where you are unapologetically you. Freedom. What could you accomplish fully showing up in every area of your life? Anything. Your new life of endless possibilities awaits. Become an exclusive member of the Lit Society. We are all flawed humans. The difference between the lit society and others is we admit it and then do something about it to impact the world. We keep it lit. Live intentionally and transparently. This isn't just another program. It's reprogramming destructive mindsets to live intentionally and transparently. Become lit. Join the elite and become a member of the lit society today. say God just does what he does best Mm -hmm. I'm telling you and that's what it means to truly surrender to him is that he'll just he'll just he'll just cover you um and the cool thing about it is that um and I love what you said hey I'm gonna expose myself it was a video that someone uh shared actually today that I saw this morning which was uh when I did this takeover this church uh word of truth they shared the snippet where it said that expose yourself because if God has to expose you, you ain't going to like that. So it's best to be transparent and, and, and come free instead of allowing yourself to allow somebody to weaponize that against you. Because how long would that have lasted? How long could she have really been extorting you out of money? Like at some point you're going to be like, okay, I'm sick of this. It's been five years. You know what I'm saying? But it's not even just that. I told God, like, I was like, if you bring me out of this, I'm going to tell the truth Mm. because the reason why I feel like it's so important to tell the truth is because the things that I was in, some, I needed someone who was in those things to help, you. to help me. You know what I mean? That that perfect image of like the Christian, it didn't work with me yes. because I'm like, you know, you don't understand me. I needed somebody that was going to be like, this is what I went through. I was in this. I did this. Yeah. And now this is and, and he brought me out of that. So for me, I told God, I said, I'm going to always tell the truth about what. I am what I did, what I've been through because of of how it can impact other people that are watching, listening. I'm sure some of y'all that was dip, dip, dip. No, trust me. When I tell you, if you ever see my DMs, the testimonies (laughs) that people get, they send me, they're caught up in 
uh, relationships, mm-hmm. uh, extramarital relationships, mm-hmm. women who are married to men but cheating on their husbands with women, and they mm-hmm. tell me all this stuff. Men that's doing—I mean, it's, it's it's a lot. Mm-hmm. And and what I love about it is that because at first I was like, why do people be telling me all their business? It's mm-hmm. because and then God told me because you tell everybody yours. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? It's like you you you've led that. Uh, he told me a few years ago. He said, I want to get you free because free men can free men. Mm-hmm. You can't free nobody if you're in bondage. He said, free men, free men. And so I said, okay, God, I'll do that. But when he first told me to talk on my podcast about my infidelity in season one, I was like, well, that's career suicide. It's, you know, only got about 500 subscribers mm-hmm. right now. And I guess it's going to be stuck at 500. I'll probably <laughs> lose about 400 just telling the story. <laughs> and it just kept growing and growing and growing and growing. Mm-hmm. And But that's what God was telling me. He said, listen, I brought you through it. What benefit is it for me? The Bible says that people are overcome by the word of your testimony and by the blood of the lamb. But we've gotten rid of testimony service at our church that we don't we don't get a chance to hear testimonies of others. We don't get a chance to hear an Angelica who's created this huge platform actually say, hey, listen, here's my dirt. This is what I've done in my past, you know, and people people find value in that because a lot of people are uh, suicidal right now, struggling mm-hmm. with certain issues. A lot of people are addicted to drugs. A lot of people are dealing with all these things that, that, that is helping them to self-medicate, but then to hear you say, oh, I did that, been there, done that, was caught in, de- in depression, and I had to release all that stuff so I can enter into the fullness of God. Mm-hmm. And that's what it's about, about <laughs> the fullness of God. And so as you've been going through these dating streets, um, how have you been able to reconcile in your mind um, not having been married yet? How old are you? 32. 32. How have you recognized, how, how, uh, how have you reconciled in your mind since, you know, at seven years that you, you passed that, 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 that uh, original due date of a husband, 25, I should be married <clears throat> is 32. How, and God has been healing you on certain things in your life. Have you reconciled that in your mind yet? I have because it, it was hard though. I won't lie. It was, there were years of, I went through a, you know, because we talked about it. Yeah. Men, I had this, there's this thing where men come to me real quickly and they're like, oh, you're my wife. You're my wife. We Let's get married. And yeah. like, they are really striving to get married, you know? And um, I had to, you know, the, you know what happened? I had a dream one day because God speaks to me through my dreams. <laughs> and I had a dream. It's kind of embarrassing. He showed me who I was through the dream. It was this beautiful, big wedding. I'm talking about I invited everybody from everywhere. It was in the biggest church. I had this long dress, and I was like, woo, you know, I'm getting married. And at the last minute, my friend in a dream was like, where's the groom? She was like, she was like, how you invite everybody to this wedding? She, you ain't even got a groom. And I was like, oh yeah. I was like, I gotta get a groom. And I was like going, I was going all around the trying to find who who I could get. And then I found this man who, by the way, at the time I was talking to him. I was talking to him at that time. But I found this man. He wasn't even dressed in uh wedding clothes. He was dressed in like guest clothes, you know, to come to the wedding. And I was like, you gonna be the groom. You're gonna be the groom. And he was like, but I'm not in a dream ended. He said, I'm not even dressed in wedding uh, groom clothes. Like, what you me and then I woke up and I was like dang that's me I'm insert groom because it's really about the wedding <laughs> you know I just wanted a wedding so I would like so these men would come and say I'm your husband and I'm like maybe you are you know what I mean and, it, and I wasn't even looking at the fruit of that man because it didn't matter you know what I'm saying and so after he showed me myself I was like you know what 
I had to really sit with myself and say, first of all, you need to heal. I needed to heal from low self-esteem, low self-worth. I had low self-worth. I had never felt like I was enough for a man. Mm. You know what I mean? Because of just, you know, my the past. My whole upbringing. And my yeah. whole upbringing. And so um, God showed me, he was like, how, if you don't feel like you're enough, then how can you accept like love and or how can you even navigate who's for you because you're accepting things that are not there? You know what I mean? Like or or God will be like, OK, you need to stop putting your worth in certain things like, OK, yeah, you've been celibate for seven years. So it ain't sex now. Stop putting your worth in you being an achieved or accomplished woman like your worth to me is your heart, mm. your, your personality, your soul. Talk about your, it. Your your purpose, you know. And so it wasn't until I said, I started to see myself how Jesus saw me that I was like, okay, I want a man that sees me how you see me, Jesus. Like, I want him to value what it is that you value about me. And that's what I began to, like, put forth is that it's none of that that makes me who valuable. It's me. It's it's my, it's who I am as a person. You know what I mean? That makes me valuable. And so, and then I had to kill this validation thing when it comes to marriage. It's, God is not... Being like, oh, why would he give you a husband if you if you feel like that husband is going to validate you? You know what I mean? Or mm. validate you, your whole existence and your value. That's a dangerous situation. Sure you know is. who Jesus is. He yeah. don't play them type of games. <laughs> he, he, said, he said, I'm a jealous God. There will be no other God before exactly. me. Exactly. So if he if he's like, why? Jesus like, why don't I validate you? <laughs> I'm the original. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm your husband. I'm your husband. <laughs> if, if, if you can't let me validate you then you can't... <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, you're on timeout. So I started to see that. And, and I'm not going to say it was a perfect, like, oh... Because, you know, I hear a lot of women, and they may have this journey. I'm not knocking any other woman's journey. But I would hear women be like, I just wasn't looking for a man and then found one. You know, I didn't care about me. You know, I'm a, that wasn't my ministry, okay? Because, <laughs> you know, I would wake up and be like, I really want to get married. But now I, I finally see... It's like you get to a place where you're like... I'm content in Jesus because there's no love greater than his love. I'm, I realized that I, even, I could get married. My husband can't love me like Jesus. Yes. He yes. can't. And so if you don't understand or live in or walk in the full love of Jesus yet, then you, you know what I'm saying? If you're you're going to expect your husband to give you that because it's a void. Like I said, it's a void in our soul that needs to be fulfilled by that, you know? And this is, I'll go as far, far as to say this. if Because when people will say that to me, I will feel, I will get irritated. I'll turn off the uh, video at, at some point. So if you feel irritated by me saying, you got to be content in the love of Jesus. <laughs> You got, then you know you got some work to do. Yeah. You got some praying to do. You got some work to do. And don't think it's like this mountain that you'll never be able to climb. Yeah. You can. Because if I can climb it after years of depression and, you know, turning off the YouTube when somebody would say that, because I they used to irritate me. I'd be like, okay, but Jesus can't hug me at night. You know what I mean? But I feel like you, you know, that's, that's, that means you got some more work to do. You know? So how old were you? Do you remember when you had that dream? The dream with the wedding. Oh, I was like going into thirty because I remember when I uh, <laughs> when I remember when I turned thirty, I was like, no, <laughs> like they had to pull you know they got to pull you through the sand. They had to pull me through the sand to go into thirty because I, I was like, I need therapy sessions because I was like by thirty, I definitely thought I was gonna be married. 
I, I did a play. I did a I did a tour and play. Tisha Campbell was in it. Shante Moore. Uh, it, it, it was it was funny. I did this play called um, "By Any Means Necessary." It was about three women. They were saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost. Three church women, uh, Christian women, who concocted a scheme to get married by the age of thirty, and they were twenty nine. Like they were twenty nine. Some of them was like two months shy of, of uh, thirty, and they created this elaborate scheme to go get married or whatnot. Mm. Um, and you know, they they failed in their attempts. One of them ended up getting a, a husband, but it was just. She got this little rapper dude that was just, he wasn't even the official rapper. He was just like, he was the hype man in the crew. That's all he was. And uh, it was a funny play or whatnot. But in the unpacking of that story was literally saying, hey, at, at a point, you got to get to a place of healing where you, a lot of times we feel like we're so deserving of a mate, but um, like, would you actually marry this version of you? You know what I'm saying? And I know we can get caught up in our own, like, and that's when we're not self-aware. Um, and God began to tell me stuff like that. He said, listen, Latares, I don't want you ever linking up with another wife until you conquer and defeat this Goliath in your life. Mm -hmm. And that Goliath in my life was uh, sex outside of marriage. And so I was like, all right, God. I said, I got to I gotta kill this thing. I got to. I got to successfully um, walk this thing in abstinence because discipline not shown now is going to just rear its ugly head up when I get married. You know, and so I uh, challenged myself to be a disciplined man so I can truly walk in the total submission that God has me in so that I can mm -hmm. present um, myself to my wife and say, I waited for you. You know what I'm saying? And uh, and so that's what's important to me. And so as you've been, what's the mindset that you have now, <laughs> the, 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 heart, the heart posture that you have? You're saying that now you're at this place where you are um, – desiring a husband but you're not thirsty you're not desperate for a husband that mm -hmm. you're 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 um desiring your purpose partner how how has that been in this journey like how have you been like how have you been dealing with the aloneness not the loneliness but the aloneness how have you dealt with that okay so I'm I'm not at the place where I never feel alone. Of course. I, I can't even front on that. There's days where sometimes I feel a little bit, you know, back and forth. Because like, there's days where I wake up and I'm like, dang, I'm lonely today, you know. Um, and But I have to tell myself, don't go back to those that mm -hmm. attention yeah. <laughs> that is just not fruitful. Because you know what happens? You just keep hurting. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. You keep hurting yourself. Yeah. You keep just re-traumatizing yourself with, yeah. these, with these people. So, um, I mean... You know, I pray. Like, honestly, there's times where I'll cry myself to sleep and then I'll pray. And by the time I wake up, God has, I'm in a whole nother mood. You know what I mean? So I don't want anyone to think, oh, there is going to be this time. Maybe for some people, maybe it's true for some people, but I, I don't know if there's a perfect time no. period where you're like, I'm just good. I'm just, you know yeah. what I mean? That, well, at least I've never experienced that. It'll be times where I'm good. I'm like, yeah, I'm on fire. I don't need no, you know what I mean? I'm cool. I don't need to have a husband right now or to, not that I, well, I always want a husband, but I just don't need to, it's, it's not a big, it's not an unhealthy desire. And then there are days where I'm like, Jesus, I'm, I remember I went to an award show and I was like, Everybody, I was at a table with all my friends. Look, oh, I have this. Oh, I can't even tell you the podcast because I created, I can't tell you the name. I created this fake podcast where I just talk to myself. But it was called The Last Bride Standing because I felt like The Last Bride Standing. I would be in groups with people. We would all pray for husbands. And, and all of them would get a husband. And I'd be like, dang, God. 
I would go to, you know, it, I was like, am I the last bride standing? What's going on? But so sometimes I do feel that, yeah. <laughs> but I will pray about it and just really just give it to God and be like, you know, you know, the desires of my heart. Where's this podcast? You released I it? ain't telling y'all because it's really supposed to be. I did release it on Anchor, you know, to the thing, but it's not. I, don't go looking for it, please. Don't because I. It's me telling my real stuff. Like I, it's, I'm really just talking to myself, you know. So, <laughs> but yeah. So you said you don't want nobody to listen to it. You just you just released no, it. No, it's too it's too it's too vulnerable. <laughs> <laughs> it's too vulnerable. You don't say it now. You don't put it out there. Oh Lord, look. <laughs> Block it, Jesus. <laughs> take it down. I'll take it off the internet, Jesus. You know, you said something that's interesting, um, how you've been trying to, uh, it's, a, it's a continual struggle for you to reconcile uh, your faith with this platform that you've created uh, with the shade room. Why is that? Because, <clears throat> so, um, you know, listen, it's, as I'm growing in faith, there, you know, there's this shame that comes with it because I feel like people don't see my heart or they don't understand my journey. You know what I'm saying? Um, I listen, I got people around me that can attest to this from, from 2015 and it started in 2014. I've been praying. I'm like, I, if, if you want this to shut down, shut it down. Because at the end of the day, at the end of the day, um, he could shut it down and I would still be good. You know what I'm saying? Because for me, like this life is short. So I want to do whatever I want to be in. And in, in, I want to please God. Right. You know what I'm saying? And so I've prayed. And listen, when I pray that prayer, it's like, it's, it's sharp. It, no. Yeah. That prayer is sharp for me. I've had, um, I've gone into opportunities and meetings where it'll be a big deal. And I'm like, well, if it ain't you shut it down and God will shut it down. He, he doesn't play about me when it comes to those types of things. But whatever I pray about the shade room he continues to grow it, in even under situations where it was shut down. You know what I mean? Yeah, talk about that because I found that as a just it's amazing. So talk about what happened when the shade room was non-existent for a, a short period. Yeah. So one time, one day, Instagram decided we we don't want the shade room on the platform no more. They shut down the shade room, and um, all of these websites, CNN and BuzzFeed, was like, "What happened to the shade room?" So they. What year was that? Ooh, I think 2016, 2015. It was either 2015 or 2016. Uh, or, you know, I think it was 2015. And at um, that time, it had how many? Uh, I think uh, it had around half a million. Half a million it had, followers. It had around half a million followers. And um, and I was like, wow, I just started this business and now it's down to zero, you know? Um, but something told me, get back up and start another one, right? So I opened another page. And um, all of these sites were like, posting about it, but it was from a tone of like, oh, what a cautionary tale. This is why you don't, you know, do this. And I was like, okay, God might have finally shut it down. Yo, I, don't, I didn't know what was going on. Do you know that these websites, because they were reporting on it, they would tag the new page <laughs> and they would say, well, they've moved to a new name. And literally, because they were all reporting on it, it began to grow bigger than it, faster than it did the first time. It was like the numbers were just going up, going up, going up. Um, and so, you know, and that happened twice. You know I know what I mean? it. I, I want to get to the second one after that. And, so this first time it went, and how quick did y'all achieve 500,000? Listen, I believe, I think we had a million in six months. 
when the first time it took five hundred thousand to hit, it took six months, it took eight months or so to hit five hundred thousand. So it was like people were like, "Well, what's they?" You know, people like stuff that's banned and blacklisted. <laughs> um, but so, so they, so they was like, "Okay, we gonna follow it." And then, um, and then there's just been so like honestly, I've heard from God about the shade room. So what it is now is not what it will be, or yeah. what or what its purpose is can easily be understood. You yeah. understand what I'm saying? And so I, I've had to kind of sit in that because I know that a lot of people don't understand because from the outside in, you're looking like a girl. Well, then shut down the platform. You know, <laughs> talking about, trust, me, delete. trust me, I would. There's nothing in me that loves the shade room more than Jesus, or there's nothing in me that loves money more than Jesus. I would definitely shut it down. I know he can, you know, I know what yeah. my ultimate purpose is. So yeah. he's, he's going to call me to something else anyway. So, you know, and so the second time when that happened, what happened? Um, the second time they hit up Instagram and Instagram was like, okay, okay, it was a mistake, it was a mistake. All right, you know, and they came into us back like it's always something that is like moving, but also what the what the shade room does behind the scenes. I mean, we have scholar we have scholarship endowments at three universities. I mean, we give greatly to the community. Ten percent of our profit goes back to the community. So yeah. what we're doing, I mean, we've helped 50, launch fifteen hundred black businesses. You know what I mean? Just yeah. from our 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 low priced advertisement for black businesses. So I feel like um the whole picture is something, but you you just gotta wait to the future to see see what's going to be. You've been you've been you've been uh doing some stuff in the faith based arena uh, on the shade room, what are some of the efforts that you've done as far as promoting Jesus on your platform? Yeah, so one one uh, day I was like, you know what, I need to represent Jesus on the shade room, um, and that was like a very controversial decision. And I remember the first time we spoke about Jesus on the shade room, they was like, oh no, they was like, <laughs> they was like, hell is hot, like, yeah, you go go, like they were like, this is this ain't this ain't. They was like, this ain't uh, the platform. People were mad. They was coming. I said, well, Jesus ain't no... I, I was like, look, how you going to get mad at me for talking about Jesus, though? You know what I mean? Am I too dirty to talk about Jesus? Tell me. Cause who, and I think that that's the thing. Exactly. I have so much church shame because people will try... Sometimes church people will try to tell you, you can't talk about Jesus because you're dirty. Yes. And it's like, at the end of the day, it's like, think about what you're saying. Yes. You think Jesus is going to be happy that you told people not to talk about him because they're dirty? That doesn't make any sense, you know? <laughs> like, you gonna have to answer for that, right? And so I, I just kept doing it. And honestly, the most commented post on The Shade Room of all time, never nothing, and we've, listen, the most commented post was a post that said, if you still believe in Jesus, like, let it, let the people know in the comments. And it got almost 200,000 comments of people saying- 200,000 comments? Yes. 200,000 comments. Two hundred thousand comments of people saying I believe in well some some <laughs> some was some was talking mess but most of them was saying I believe in Jesus I believe in Jesus and I and I did that because I wanted to see because the culture was shifting so much yes I was like I would I remember I read that scripture where he said oh no where, where he said um, I don't know I don't remember it verbatim remember was, where there was a, somebody was complaining about there not being enough believers and he said I got. Five thousand or seven thousand men. Yes. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. That yeah. won't bow to. Uh, yeah, about to bow. Uh, that bail uh, uh, though. Bail exactly. Yeah. So I was like, okay, well, like, come on. I yeah. was like, let me see, let me see who ain't bowing. And it was, it was, the, it was almost two hundred thousand comments. That's the still the, in in our history of the most commented. Yeah, so. It's interesting. 
Like I said, I love it. Uh, you and I have had some really heart-to-heart conversations about that, and I hear your heart, and I hear deeply. Uh, and even when you created, uh, co-created the the same room. The same room. How did the same room come into fruition? So the same room came in because, you know, when I was depressed and going through that stuff, I, I reached out to Stephanie, and I was like, I need somebody to come in on the shade room to talk about God. And a lot of pastors were like, no. And I don't fault them for that. I yeah. get it. You know, some people don't, you know. But she said yes, and it was very powerful. Like, I mean, so powerful. Because a lot of people who are on the shade room may not go to church. Yeah. And they would never get that word except for on that yeah. on that site. So um, then we decided let's start to do something together because people will look at me and then look at her and say, we're, we should never be friends. We should, yeah. we should never be connected. But they don't know that we we connect. She's my sister. Yeah. We connect so well. She's a pastor. I'm, I'm running the shade room. But we connect so well because our we believe our belief, our heart, our spirit, our soul is similar. Yeah. You know. And so we were like, well, let's create a platform where we can bring people <clears throat> who you would never think would would love or know Jesus because you may judge them based off of what they do or where they at. Because you know Jesus has people everywhere. And bring them to talk about God in a way where it can really, with transparency, where it can really impact the culture. So, and what and what was the what, what's the tagline for the same room? Where faith meets culture. Love mm-hmm. it, love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and y'all have some very powerful interviews with people and showing light to people who uh, are shedding light on people that people don't even know have strong uh, a belief in Christ. You know mm-hmm. that are Christians that's that's in this entertainment industry or. Uh, you know, that they like, oh, they're a Christian too, or what this? And that's what I, I can go on a whole tangent about mm-hmm. the reason why God puts people in certain uh stratospheres or industries or whatnot mm-hmm. to to help make his name great. Now it's it's when we do a disservice to him where we we don't acknowledge Christ because we're like, I ain't gonna talk about him because I don't want that to affect my career. I don't want people to mm-hmm. think this about me and all that. Now you just you know, you deny Jesus. You literally petered Jesus in this moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, that's what I like about you is that when I began to converse with you, it was straight up front and forward. This is what I believe. I'm in love with Jesus. This is what mm-hmm. it is. This is who I serve. This is who I'm submitted to. And it shocked me, too, because I was mm-hmm. like, hold on, you. Hold on, you ten toes, you, you ten toes down in this thing. Like, what is this? I mean, like, you were like a Jesus lover, and I was like, all right, that's that, that's dope. But you know, not to be able to 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 allow people to share their truth without passing judgment on them and saying, well, you can't be saved if you, you know, what I'm saying, and you don't even know what that is yet. You don't even know what it is that they do to really understand how it came to be. Because I love people's stories, mm-hmm. so I love to hear how did it come to fruition, what was the heart posture then when it when it when it was created versus, you know, how you see and envision it in the future. And so I think that's that's totally amazing. Um No Shade and Love. I, I affectionately named this episode mm-hmm. No Shade and Love. Uh when you hear that, when you hear me throw that title at you like that, what do you, what does that mean to you? No shade and love. I don't know. What does it mean to you? It's the fact that oftentimes we get in these relationships that it, it, it comes with a lot of what's glamorized a lot is toxic love, you know, mm-hmm. struggle love. It's the love that that um, and we get so used to that is if we meet people that take us through some things, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And it's like we got to test this love mm-hmm. and to make sure it's true. And you got to deal with 
all this stuff that they're taking you through. Um, um, and then you go, well, we made it through. So that, that's, that's why we should be together or whatnot. Instead of saying, why can't it be healthy? Let's normalize someone mm-hmm. loving you properly on the onset. Somebody been transparent with you on the onset that you don't have to. F- I saw this article, um, uh, Black Marriage Movement posted it. Shout out to my, my homie, Denai. But she reposted this article, this post where this lady said she had just got married to her husband and they'd been married for, I think, two months. It was a short time. Mm-hmm. But she found out that he had kids and he had been married before. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that one, too. And she said... It was on the shade room. Oh, it was on the shade room. <laughs> <laughs> so, so there it is. And they said... The lady said, I love this. I've never experienced love on this level before in my entire life. Mm. But I can't continue in this marriage because this marriage was built on deceit. I love this man, but I'm divorcing him today. I would have did the same thing. Why? It's it's built on deceit. If you can't be honest with me about your children, am I really your wife? (laughs) 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 And she said she kept saying a tiny lie. I'm like, that ain't no yeah, tiny. She kept saying tiny. It's a series of lies. Because think about it. You know what I mean? How many conversations have you had about him not having children or wanting children or married? I mean, it's a series of lies. You know, I was like, listen, I'll be out. Because I'm like, if you will lie about your children, what else? Oh, yeah. If you lie about having kids, that that is that is a problem. Yeah. You, you, you're lying on your legacy. So if you yeah. if you don't lie on your legacy, we can't build a legacy together. You yeah. know, um, that's why it was so important as we go back to the scripture where where uh, Peter denied him. You know, he denied mm-hmm. Jesus three times. And it was literally he was denying all the relationship, all the beauty mm-hmm. of their one on, you know, like everybody can't have a testimony. They kicked it with Jesus like that on mm-hmm. a personal level. And in this intimate space that that Jesus brought him into, it still wasn't sustainable enough for him to just say, yeah, I know him. That's my friend. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I said, I don't want nobody around me that will deny me. I don't want nobody around me uh, that will deny the love that we have, the deny the relationship we have. I will never do that uh, for my future wifey is that I will always glorify that moment and and understand the, the miraculous hand of God that orchestrated that moment to take place. But that was interesting because I read that uh, that post yesterday and I was like, Wow, and then some people was like, most people were on the side of, yeah, divorce. But then a lot of men were commenting saying, women always ready to jump out of a relationship. Like, you just admitted that you have never been loved on this level. Mm -hmm. So then just because he said that, why can't you just get past that? Now you know the truth. Why can't y'all move forward from that moment? It wasn't love. If if you 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 can't say that you've never been loved on this level and he don't love you enough to be transparent with you. That wasn't love. It, it was narcissism, probably. You know, that would be feeling like love in the beginning. <laughs> so like, too. Yeah, it wasn't love. But that's what I mean by no shade is that you will will get into these relationships where, um, and I've heard guys say this before. I used to have this homeboy, God rest his soul, but he would say his whole tactic with a woman was no matter what stage she was, she can be great, successful. I'm going to break her down, and then I'm going to build her back up. Mm-hmm. And I said, what in the world? What is what is that about? But it's a pimp mentality. That's what pimps do. That's what people that are abusers, they're going to break you down and build you up in the way that they want you. Mm-hmm. And um, But unfortunately, 
that's what has happened in a lot of relationships that have been normalized. And then your friends can peep it and they be like, listen, that ain't the that ain't the guy for you. You're not as happy as you used to be. And you be like, but I, you start defending him. But I but he loves me. He really like you just don't know him the way I know him. And it's like, no, love shouldn't be shady like that. Love, love should be pure. It's very specific when the Bible talks about love. I said, I want that first Corinthians 13 kind of love. Mm-hmm. I want patience. I want something that's not self-seeking. So it's like, I remember I was uh, talking to myself, had a conversation with myself, and I said, have I ever truly, truly loved a woman before? And I said, of course I have. And then God said, go to 1 Corinthians 13. I said, oh, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, no, go read it. And then I read it. He said, have you ever loved somebody before? I said, not what, not according to First Corinthians thirteen, but I'm saying, but I have love. He said, no, 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 no. I ain't talking about your measure of love. I'm not talking about your definition of love. Have you ever loved anybody this First Corinthians thirteen kind of way? Keeps no record of wrong. Being patient, love is kind. And I said, I mean, not all the time. I mean, it's, but it's variations of that from time to time. He said, that's what I want to challenge you on. I want to challenge you on loving your future wife on this level and nothing short of that. I said, okay, God. Okay, God, I accept the challenge. How important is it, especially with you being as transparent as you are today, to be loved on the 1 Corinthians 13 kind of level? It's very important because that's what I value in a man. You know, I, I've matured from a place where I wanted a man for the things that would impress people, you know? And then I started to realize what kind of love do I need in this, in this stage of my life. And it needs to be something that mirrors Jesus's love. I know it can never compare, but it needs to be striving to mirror. You know what I mean? And so I definitely want patience and, you know, all, all everything like, you know, gentleness, gentleness, um, all of that. That's. I want to read that. Uh, Rihanna, you, you have your phone with you? No, I don't have it. Where, where's the phone? Uh, Rihanna, let me see your phone real quick and just pull up 1 Corinthians 13. I want to I wanna read that. I feel that in my spirit. <laughs> <laughs> feel that in my good old spirit. Shout out to Android Life. <laughs> you know, 1 Corinthians 13. This is beautiful. So 1 Corinthians 13 says, if, if I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. Just making a bunch of noise. Uh, if I have the, prophet, the gift of prophecy and can, and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all my possessions to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. For love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrong. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. And that's what we'll close this episode out. Uh, Angelica, how can people connect with you? Because um, you don't really like, like you, your, your, your Instagram, you don't really be posting a lot of stuff on Instagram. I got nine pictures, probably. <laughs> nine pictures. Um, no, it's, and my name is No IG Angelica. <laughs> 
So I guess that's where. <laughs> so hit her up, uh, follow her on Instagram. No IG Angelica. Uh, if you were to leave a word of inspiration, well, just speak from your heart. What would you say to people? Look at that camera right there. About what though? Just about. I don't care. Whatever was on your heart. You can talk about business. You can talk about love. You can talk about relationship. You can talk about faith. You can talk about overcoming sexual addiction. Whatever is on your heart. Ooh. Okay. Um. I guess I'll speak to the girls who feel like they may not be pretty enough. Like they may not be. I mean, the girls that I'll, I'll speak to the girls that don't really have that self-worth. I know what you're going through. I see you. I've been there. Um, I would just inspire you to begin to just have a closer relationship with Jesus and pray and ask him to show you why he holds you in such high regard, mm. why he values, values you so much, why he loves you so much, and begin to work on that. Because I know what it's like, especially in this culture, to feel like you're not pretty enough, not good enough, not to, or to have those you know, the past experiences of the men in your life or the people, your your father, your your cousin, your uncle, you know what I mean? Whatever experiences yeah. you've had or the shame or whatever, I know what it's like to be there. And I'm telling you, you can overcome that and you can get to a place where you love yourself and you, you know, can have someone love you. You know what I mean? But I think first you got to be able to love yourself and know who you are before you can even attract on that level you get what I'm saying it, it really is a different kind of way that you move and so I just want to encourage you to pray and all of that you can get from Jesus he will show you why you're so valuable so yeah <sighs> thank you so much Angelica thank you for being transparent thank you for trusting me with this story thank you for trusting God to use you as a light a beacon of light to the world uh, thank you for uh, all the work that you do uh, with kids in foster care. A lot of people don't know that, um, that that's a deep passion of yours. Mm -hmm. uh, so thank you for uh, not getting out of it and forgetting those that are easily forgotten. Um, it's interesting because you were, quote unquote, supposed to be on the Dear Future Wifey podcast last month. And then God has you on here this month, the month of November being National Adoption Awareness Month. And so just even on that, I just see how intentional God is. And even uh, you even t you told me um, recently that the growth that you've experienced over the last 30 days was something that you recognize that it, even that time wasn't the right time, that uh, now is the time. And so I just I just thank you. Thank you for having me. This was good. It was long. We would we would have over time, but it was good though. It was no, it's, it's great. It's great. So uh, y'all give it up for Angelica Wanda. Ladarian thrusted suddenly into child protective services in 2015. My nephew, black, a boy. The likelihood of being adopted outside of kinship, slim to none. Armani, 16 years old, black a boy with five years in the foster care system before I even knew his name. The likelihood of ever being adopted? Yep, you guessed it, slim to none. While Ladarian and Armani were trying to survive and barely thrive in an overpopulated and underfunded foster care system, I was living my own life, doing well professionally. Having been a single father with a daughter who at that point was doing well in college, it was my time to live my life, right? Wrong. I felt unsettled, tireless, agitated. There are just too 
many of our black children stuck in ambiguity and in the limbo of the foster care system. In 2017, I legally adopted my nephew, Ladarian. Fast forward to 2019, I had no ties to this other young king, but I felt God instructed me to adopt him also, and I obeyed. Starting over with parenting should have been enough, right? Working with various foster care and adoption agencies to help bring awareness to the countless young black kings in the foster care system should have decreased my agitation, right? Joining the board of directors of Advantage Adoption, an organization that helps find permanent adoptive homes for children in foster care should have led to some type of resolve, right? No, not at all. None of it felt like I had done enough. I now realize that every one of those experiences was laying the fundamental foundation for my life's mission, Kingdom Royale. Kingdom Royale will be a luxury, state-of-the-art home for foster boys. Our first location will be in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. We will utilize the whole person approach that instills identity, empowers them to advocate for themselves, and enlightens them regarding new perspectives and limitless options that they thought were impossible. Though the young kings will attend the local public schools that are in proximity to Kingdom Royale, our at-home curriculum will broaden their worldview through participating in the arts, attending various cultural events, learning about and engaging in multifaceted discussions about current events and even relevant historical contexts, introducing them to gardening and landscaping and even caring for our animals on our farm and on-site stables. We just launched our startup capital campaign with the goal of raising $2.8 million. Now, why $2.8 million? Well, in 2017, I created a web series in which I performed random acts of kindness for targeting the homeless community. One of the most notable successes was that one of the videos went viral, garnering 28 million views. However, one of my biggest regrets is that I didn't raise a single dollar to help in implementing a more sustainable plan for the homeless community. So throughout the years, with much remorse. I reflected on not maximizing that moment. I knew if at that time, just 10% of the viewers donated $1, we would have raised at least $2.8 million that could have really established long-term support for the homeless community, or at least started a long-term initiative to do so. This is my do-over. This is our new beginning. Together, we can attack this at the root by specifically helping our homeless black boys who are already disproportionately represented in the American foster care system. I'm LaTerris R. Whitfield. I've been nominated for three regional Emmys documenting my work with the homeless as well as my personal adoption journey. Despite those accolades, the greatest award for me is truly providing the infrastructure for a transformed life. Visit KingdomRoyale.com for more details. Crown a king and make a donation today. Man, I love it when people can be totally transparent, unashamed of what they've done in their past, who they were in their past, and be able to exemplify who God called them to be today. That's amazing. So shout out to Angelica for... Uh, represent so well. Well, here's my favorite part of the podcast where I speak to my future wifey. Dear future wifey, I presently feel your presence. Dear future hubby, 
I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Dear Future Wifey podcast. Remember, be lit, live intentionally and transparently, and don't stop loving. Make sure to subscribe to our Dear Future Wifey YouTube channel. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. We welcome your support. Simply share our podcast with your friends and family.